0: Welcome to The Blind Spot. I'm your host, Tina Lowe. This podcast looks to show everyone about making Ireland accessible for all. Hello, everybody. You're very welcome to our podcast today. And I'm very privileged and honoured to have a mature student, Katrina Nichols. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for asking me. So, Katrina, we'll start if you could tell us about yourself and your background and what you're studying please.
1: So I'm 48, started um, my degree in UCD two months before my 43rd birthday. Um, I was studying social science and now at the minute I'm trying to complete my master's in equality
0: studies. Very good and uh, where where's the master's, uh, Is it which building are you in now in UCD?
1: I actually was all online when I did it because of oh, COVID right. so it okay. w- would be connected to the School of Social Policy and Social Work and Very Social good. Justice. And,
0: and are you enjoying that?
1: I lo- absolutely loved it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It, you get really to focus on your passion in equality studies. So, whatever, you know, some people it's race, some people mm. it's class. Mine particular focus was obviously neurodiversity.
0: Okay. Yeah, I I did the Masters in Equality Studies in uh, 2000 to 2002. And I have to say, it was the best thing I ever did. So, yeah, they're great. So enjoyable. Yeah, great fantastic. team. Fantastic. Yeah, and very sociable as well. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, and it, it's true what you're saying. Like y- you can focus on your passion. So, Katrina, tell me about yourself. Like starting, if you don't mind, can you go all the way back to your primary? You know, tell us about yourself and your family. And
1: so, I would, I would have come from what would be, I suppose, thought of as quite a dysfunctional background, um, and I experienced. Uh, a lot of trauma, um, but then you know there was a lot of good stuff too. Okay. Um, so you know I, ha- I have myself question now sometimes. You know that can impact. You know if the genes are there for neurodiversity, that can then mm. make the situation worse. Mm. But I didn't discover I was neurodiverse actually till I came into first year in. In UCD, UCD. yeah. Wow. So oh. I've, I went through my whole life. You know what I mean? Feeling yeah. different. Okay. Feeling. You know, I ca- why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? You know, and you kind of internalise those flaws and faults. Right. Um, which impacted me greatly. I actually ended up with addiction to a number of substances. Okay,
0: okay. And can you explain to me, if you, like, what, like, what school did you go to as a child? Did you, how did you find, say, primary, secondary, all that kind of thing?
1: Would have been considered very giddy, hyperactive, okay. hyperactive right. talkative. Right. Um, the bad kid, basically, definitely in secondary school. The
0: bad right. kid. Wait, wait, would your class say, would you say something like um disruptive or yeah. was that? Yeah. So were you kind of always in trouble with the teacher? Constantly, yeah. yeah. Constantly being sent <laughs> right. to, the, to the office. <laughs> to this, okay, so. right. And what school did you go to in primary? Was it a, like, was it a boys' school, girls' school? What You it know, was, was it
1: mixed? It was a boys' and girls' school. Right. So the girls were in one part, sorry. And the boys were in another part.
0: Okay. And, and was where, co- where was it? Where did you go to school? Drum, Drum Holy Cross and Dundrum. Oh, very good. And w- did you have um, nuns? No. No. So in primary, can you remember what, what was your experience in primary? Was it good, bad? Were you giddy as a child? Like
1: I would have been giddy in primary school, but the teacher, not in a way that I kind of got me into trouble. The teachers would have found me funny. Do you know what okay, I mean? Yeah. Endearing.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah, I, I remember it's funny. I, I was in primary school. In a nun school in um, Edenmore in Rohini. And there was, when I think about it now, there was a girl, and she was great fun. Always jumping on the table, singing and dancing. Highly entertaining. But she didn't get into trouble. Like that, everyone loved her. She was like, fun. But I'd say, uh, when I think back now, she probably did did have maybe adhd or but then that's years ago nobody ever knew anything yeah what these things were and they just classed you as just oh there she goes again jumping on the table and the know? thing is as
1: well i was bright like i yeah. my, my mum had me reading and writing by age three wow
0: yeah um
1: yeah. i never ne- and i never needed any sort of you know resources there mm. was at that time the reading teacher that people used to go to i never
0: yeah. no because you were very you were probably really bright. Um. And just probably just absorbing everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. I could never learn to play a musical instrument, and I could never knit. Though now I just had an assessment for dyspraxia there a few weeks uh-huh. ago, so that kind of <laughs> well, that makes, makes sense, sense now yeah. that why right. I couldn't follow the sequence to learn those things. Wow.
0: So, um, what, what is, what is? So, can you explain to the listeners what is neurodiversity?
1: Neurodiversity is just a difference in your brain Sorry. and how your brain functions. Okay. Um, and I think personally, I think that obviously, yeah, that does um when you're when you're living in a world that is geared towards neurotypicals and your brain works in a different way, the environment sort of impacts you right, um, and social norms impact you because you're not able to follow per se what everybody else is
0: and in in explain in what way we'll say how it affects you, you know, like the social norms, like do you have sensory? Overload.
1: Yeah, I have extreme sensory issues. um, Also, like... Prior to getting medicated for my ADHD, like, I had tangential speech, so I couldn't keep coherence in my speech, do you know what I mean, bouncing from one topic to another.
0: So, come come back there, because that's, what's tangential speech? means it's going all over the place. All oh, right, and that's a fre- that's a term, is it? Yeah, I couldn't very inhibit
1: my thoughts, so, like, I'd be having right. a conversation, then my I'd have this random thought about something else, and I'd start talking about that, and, like, you can see it on people's face, so they're reacting, <laughs> they're very confused, and I was quite hyperactive as well, in both in body and in my speech. And...
0: When you were in school, going back to secondary school, say primary, you were just probably seen as great fun, very lively. And did you, would you have played sport or anything where you kind of put all that energy into something? Yeah,
1: I did. I played a lot of sports.
0: Right. So what, what sports did you play? I played
1: hockey and then right. we used to play, Then the novice nuns used to play baseball with us after school, Right. secondary school. I played, I did athletics.
0: Right. So you had a lot of energy. Yeah. Huge energy, and Huge. did that? Did that when you when you were playing sport or running or basketball? Did that focus you? Did you, did that? Ha- were you really good because you were so fast? Yeah, you I think? could
1: focus, but actually, yeah. the, the uh, girls in the year above me had named me Gravedigger, gave <laughs> me that nickname for when we were playing hockey because we used to play on the basketball pitch at lunchtime, and I'd literally be taking lumps out of the ground because oh, of my yeah. sensory processing challenges. I never know how much force I'm using, oh, awesome. so it seems like I'm quite aggressive.
0: Right, but you're just.
1: It's just a lack of sense, a lack of okay. being, a, you know what I mean, to wow. feel things. And were
0: you good at sport?
1: I wouldn't mean brilliant, but I was fairly good. Yeah. yeah.
0: And what what position did you play in the hockey pitch?
1: Left wing or right wing.
0: Right. So you were fast. Yeah. Yeah. Goal scorer.
1: Yeah. And yeah. then I actually, I got yeah uh, yellow jaundice when I was in third year, and I missed the hockey trial. So then I ended up in goal because that was the only position oh left.
0: God. Yeah. Yeah. I played goals. And I gave it up when I decided my legs were purple and green. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every time I went home at the weekend. Well, if
1: you're standing around sort of not doing very much. And then, you know, when that hockey ball hits the hockey stick in the winter, the vibrations going up through your arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Painful.
0: Oh, my God, yeah, it was savage. They called (laughs) it ladies. I always laughed at that, you know, hockey for ladies. (laughs) (laughs) But so so going back to the sensory um, or the explanation of neurodiversity, when you say, ha, okay, so secondary school, you said you found it more challenging. Yeah. So can you expand uh, Well, in expand secondary on school, that?
1: you know, you've different subjects throughout okay. the day. You're, okay. you're responsible for bringing in the right books. Right. You know, your homework you get that day mightn't be due till another two days. So I had huge executive functioning challenges. And actually, like, girls tend to get diagnosed with ADHD much later than boys because we're socialised differently. Yeah. So they mightn't be quite fit the kind of stereotypical hyperactive jumping around i did Mm. Mm. but it's usually when they get to secondary school that it's picked up upon because then when you've got to be organizing yourself your parents aren't doing it for you anymore Mm. different books different days getting to different classes different homework Mm. and then you sort of fall apart you're not able to manage that
0: so did you find secondary very challenging yeah yeah and what about socializing was that difficult or no.
1: Yeah, well, I've autism as well, so okay. now, obviously, looking back at that, yeah. That would have been. Okay, yeah.
0: Okay. And uh, how did you, say, so how did you get on in exams, or was that difficult because you had to kind of focus, or...?
1: Yeah, I couldn't. And then, couldn't, with right. everything I had going on at home as well, you know, that was impacting me too, so mm. sort of was like a double whammy.
0: Right. And do you come from a large family, or...? Yeah. Yeah. And so... And do you think your parents were aware of... Because it, when you think... Like, I know myself that, uh, you know, in the early 80s I, 80s, I was in secondary school, and there were some girls with dyslexia, right, who now know they had dyslexia, but they used to just get into trouble all the time because nobody knew what anything like that was. There was no understanding or support. Sir. So they they would have had a lot of... I'd say an awful lot of trauma in school, and they didn't enjoy school. And they tended to leave school in fifth year because it was too hard. And people just classed them as people who weren't trying to study or were lazy or whatever, you know. So, w- did you have those kind of experiences as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, my teachers would tell me, You're bright. Why can't you just work? Why can't you just focus? The, the few times that you do, you do really well. Mm. Um, But I just couldn't.
0: And that was, yeah, and you didn't know why at the time. No, didn't know why. And I used to
1: think what the hell is wrong with me that I can't
0: focus. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cuz I wanted to do well. Yeah. I wanted to get good grades, but yeah. I just wasn't capable
0: at right. the time. And then when you say did you did your leaving cert in what year? Was that? 1991? Okay. And did you did you do well or how <sighs> did you do then?
1: Uh just passed it. Passed. Yes.
0: And what did you go on to work then or
1: I was working from the time I was eleven. Like I went and got a job. uh, to asked this man that used to deliver fruit and veg for a job um, when I was eleven. Right. Um, And I worked ever since. I worked all through secondary school. I've never not worked.
0: Right. And what kind of work have you done?
1: Um, all sorts. Like obviously when I was a teenager, a lounge girl working in a bowling alley, that fruit and veg van. Working in a hotel, yeah. then I went on. And I did a secretarial course, and I was working in offices then. Right. And then, when my son started primary school, mm. I uh, I, w- I started cleaning houses because that gave me the flexibility. I right. I yeah. very low self esteem because of my addiction, right. so I was cleaning houses. You know what I mean? Because mm. I think in you know I had huge issues with self esteem and yeah. self worth.
0: Yeah. And then how did you say come to this where you are now, which is doing your master's like? How Tell me about when you, you decided to do, to return to education um, as a mature student.
1: Just when I was really wrangling with myself about addiction and realising that I had a responsibility in how my life was going. And when I had that, that was sort of an epiphany I had. Mm. Um, and I just instantly got the wherewithal to seek help. My doctor was trying to send me back to another addiction place. And I said, no, nice. I want to see a psychologist. I know what's wrong with me. What's wrong with me is trauma what's wrong with me is low self-esteem and i think i might have adhd and i want to see a professional yeah and i don't know that was a really good sense that i had because the minute i start well not quite the minute but a while after i start seeing that psychologist like i have gone to aa yeah loads of times that was i've now been sober since then that was 2017 right um so uh, I was just drinking then. I, w- I had stopped using drugs, but I just couldn't give up drinking. Right. Um, and I was actually, at that time, 2016, 2017, I was doing the access course. But the previous year, right. I did the access course, and I dropped out before in, the first in, assignment. In UCD? In UCD, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I knew I understood the material, but I couldn't articulate why I had such a p- hard time pulling it together. And I was right. so ashamed that I just dropped out.
0: Hmm. Okay. And then you went back and did it?
1: I went back. I, went, I contacted and Coogan again, and yeah. I said to her, look... Can I have another shot? Can I do it in the evening? Because I was working as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I kind of really thank her for yeah. letting me have that second shot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. She's She actually sent her regards. Today. Yeah, she's lovely. She's adorable. Yes, they she's all are down there, yeah. you know. So, so you, you went back then in, when was that? When you 2016,
1: 2017, well, I did the access good. course. Very and then good. I started my degree in, in September 2017.
0: In, in what subjects? Social science. Very good. So... And then did you... So that's brilliant. So you went back. That was some jo- uh, achievement, wasn't it? When you think about it.
1: Yeah, like I thought it was only two months sober from alcohol. Having, but day. having
0: left school, say, you know, uh, I would have had a similar experience in that I went back... When I went blind, I went back to study. Because like that, I... I, For lots of different reasons. I I didn't do my degree when I was 17. I got a place in psychology here, but I, wa- I was too... um. Truthfully, lacking in confidence, mm. you know, too too young, and I think as a mature student, it's it's probably the best way to learn. I, I think I just think it's an amazing experience. I
1: think there's a hunger for it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and you have the, you just have the years of savvy and lived experiences.
1: Yeah, I think and we I definitely yeah. appreciate it more. Mm.
0: And when you come back, then you see it's just brilliant because you're not under. I think yeah. Well, I was. I think I honestly think when you're seventeen, how can you know what? you know you're only a child you know Mm. it's very hard to know what you want and you're only a kid really but when you go back it's an amazing experience so when you went back then in and so you did your access course with toment and then you got into social science yeah yeah and how was that how was what was that like loved it yeah absolutely loved it and how many years was that like three years oh brilliant so you so you graduated then in 2020 that's fantastic and was that... Yeah, I'd say you felt amazing, did it? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but the difference this time was with the education system that...
0: Has improved so much. Yeah, yeah. and I
1: discovered my neurodiversity. Mm. Um, and then I got supports here. Yeah. That, you know, were there to... They're sort of like scaffolding to support you... Yeah. ...through yeah. your education.
0: And what? how did you say... When you knew yourself... Because I think people always do know themselves. You know, how did you... Was it really difficult trying to get a diagnosis and all that?
1: I was just blessed. I, you know, was referred to see a psychologist in the HSE in Bilali. And like I said to her at the start, like the reason I'm here is because of trauma, addiction, and um, my low self-esteem. And I think I have ADHD. And then she said, well, I, you know, I need to work with you for a while on your trauma. And then we maybe have a look at the ADHD because tr- trauma can mimic the symptoms of ADHD. Because you're in a state of hypervigilance all the time And right. that can make you quite hyperactive right. So, you know, after Nine months of working with me All my symptoms were still present Even though I dealt with a lot of stuff yeah. So she fought actually to be allowed to assess me And I was the first adult she ever assessed like She had to go and order a kit for an adult right. So it was kind of unprecedented mm. um, I'm still actually in touch with her She's an amazing woman I'm so yeah. grateful to her
0: Yeah. So you got your diagnosis then? Mm-hmm. So all your, so it probably all, everything in your life till then made sense, yeah?
1: Yeah, and it was quite, it was actually quite emotional. Yeah. Day, like I kind of yeah. knew I had you knew, it. You knew
0: you had something, but you couldn't put your finger on it. Yeah, and on. the day yeah. she said yeah. to
1: me, yes, you do have it, like, yeah. a, you know, I burst like, into tears then. Yeah,
0: because it was probably a relief. It was a relief, but yeah. it's
1: also all the sadness for all the times you were misunderstood know, or taken a certain way. Mm-hmm. and I know, mean, but the
0: thing is i think i honestly think people you know that you're the way you are now ne- say you know you're doing your master's in equality studies so you've come on hugely and i think the only way to deal with life is even though it's not as simple as this is but really it's, it is all about kind of living in the presence mm-hmm. and living now and trying not to look back or project yeah because you it. can't yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so it really is trying this to be UC in the moment coming enough.
1: to ucd though like this coincided with my sobriety yeah the disco- discovery of my neurodiversity yeah um so this place and this gave me you know when when you get out of addiction you have to replace the addiction with something else because mm. if you don't you, you, you risk falling back okay so education became my new addiction yeah. and that was also self-esteem building for me yeah yeah. Because now is finding self worth, now is finding achievement, now is finding en- encouragement, compassion, yeah. empathy yeah. Yeah. in this place, you yeah. know, in this institution. So yeah. um all of that was intertwined for me. Yeah. So it really
0: was an amazing journey. So it's a really powerful experience, yeah. isn't it? And it's changed a lot of things for you.
1: Absolutely. It's completely changed my life. Yeah. Different person. And what
0: so how, so you're tell us about your masters and in, e- in equality studies. What's your say particular passion in that or focus what you know s- w- just equality area? in general because okay. in
1: my own life i would have experienced inequality because of my socioeconomic status my okay. class right disability addiction do you know what i mean all yeah. you know i've experienced a lot of things that i've had to overcome so I was just really passionate about so, maybe so
0: you've been yeah you've been we'd say marginalized yeah yeah you, yeah so and, and it is true like because you 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 I know in my own experience when I when I lost my size, I went from I, you're suddenly on the edge, <laughs> you're living on the edge. Mm. You know you're you're because you're actually cast out because people don't know how to to uh, talk to you or deal with you or they don't know how to get past what they think is you know yeah pre kind of predisposed, whatever their misconceptions, prejudice, all that kind of thing. So I did when I did the masters as well. It was for me, it was liberating because my, my thing then was i wanted to learn everything to do with the law <laughs> yeah. so that i'd know my rights yeah yeah so so your focus then is everything and what what would you do you, are you going do you do a thesis
1: yeah we do a, what's called a research project. so oh, because okay. uh, equality studies students sort of come from a, such a varying diverse background in their previous areas of study, they've decided rather than a thesis, we have a research project which consists of either a report or uh, a journal article of eight to 9,000 words. Then you do a 2,000-word reflection piece. And then you have to do a public scholarship element which is aiming your message for social change at a non-academic audience.
0: Right, and is that like a, a a presentation or...?
1: Um no, no, so what I'm actually using is my work on the work the neurodiversity working group
0: oh very good, and
1: I can use this podcast for yep. it and i you can i'm I also write poetry so right. you can submit a piece of poetry or a mm. piece of art mm. Mm.
0: very good and what what are you gonna focus on in your um are you going to do the journal article
1: so I'm looking at a d h d as an inequality issue wow,
0: very good so can you uh, i was gonna go on to that. can you explain to us? What exactly, like say, how how you're, li- you know, how how say if you were meeting someone for the first time, how would you tell them, say, in in your given your life experiences and your many, um, ex- uh, I'd say, um, achievements, right, dealing with an awful lot of different things. If I said we're, we're bringing a student in today who's just been told that they have ADHD, how would you talk to them, like how to say, to set out again, if you, if you had, say, if you'd had that diagnosis when you were 12 or whatever, how would you approach that now to try and explain to someone what it is and how they can manage it and how people can understand so they don't make inaccurate assumptions about the person? Yeah. Um. You know, like, how, how would you, say, encourage somebody because you, you've overcome huge obstacles, right? And you know what it is, and you know how to manage your ADHD, right? Am I right? Yeah. yeah. So, Because you have done it. You're doing it very successfully. I think, actually, it's so, character
1: building. When you okay. have differences, you have to find some way to adapt, to overcome. You know what I mean? I'm kind of the type... Of pr- I've obviously got good resilience because mm. of what I've come through. Mm. Um, so, to me... There's sort of like positive elements to it, even difficulties. You only grow and develop as a person when you're being challenged. So I face yeah. challenges all the time and I'm yeah. kind of forced to to really confront those things okay. and go, okay, how am I... Because I still need to do X, Y and Z. So yeah. I still have to find a way. So that to me is character building mm. and resilience building. Mm. Um, and like, it, you know, there are difficulties with it yeah. and, and they get in your way and they irritate you and annoy you and frustrate you yeah. but they're also like we have hyper focus like I can sit for hours and hyper focus on something so um, you mean you've got grace
0: when I c- uh, the problem with it is you can't
1: turn it on and off when you want
0: okay right you so know explain what I mean? that to me then because that's really interesting go and explain that uh,
1: when I'm in a state of hyper focus I'm right. I, like I'm so industrious and it's right. just it's a great it's like a great feeling it's like a high. Do you know what I mean? Because you can get so much accomplished and achieved. The frustrating part about it is that I can't turn it on and off when I please. And, and
0: why when like why does that happen? Is that is that part of the neurological Yeah. Yeah. So is that like say, would that depend on a day or would it depend on like do you say do you have anxiety? You know, if you have to do say you have to hand in an essay or something, can you be hyper focused? No. Usually
1: what happens is I procrastinate till the last minute and then I'm Usually, great when my back's against the wall, right. and that can be very stressful, and mm. um, because you're berating yourself, then going, "Why can't I just sit and do it? Why can't I be like everyone else? Why do I need to get to this level of stress to actually perform?" <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But then I, a lot of people are like that. Yeah, I pull it out of the bag.
0: Yeah, but like, you, is that probably because that's your best way of working? The, yeah, Would that's just
1: the way it's been. So,
0: yeah. so like, if you have to hand in an essay in eight weeks. Will you read all the stuff first and then do it, or will you just leave it all and then do it all?
1: I might read bits here and there, right. Um, but then probably I'm reading as I'm writing, right. Um, which isn't always the best strategy, but it's just how I flow. I think the biggest part about it is, is just acceptance. Okay, this is just how I am.
0: Yeah. You know. But you but you do it. I do it. Yeah. And then the hyper focus. Would that would that be energy as well? Yeah. Would you have like well, I've huge energy, huge energy, always. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And my son calls me the human ping pong ball <laughs> because I can't sit like still, up, down, bang, bang, right, bang. Yeah, you
0: can't sit still. No. And is there a way? I uh, say, um, I asked uh, we a guest this morning um, who has autism, and I asked her, "Would would does a sensory? You know, I know sensory overload. Does do you have a sensory overload where it's like, say, a train is coming towards you? It's kind of like." Everything comes on top of you. Is that what it's oh, like? Oh yeah, like
1: I had massive.
0: Um, is that is it, can can you describe that to the listeners? Like is it like everything suddenly?
1: Everything for get me. Get me out of here, kind it, of thing. It, I've just been diagnosed as well with irland syndrome, so that's which is a sensitivity to light, and wow. it, like I've after getting through a degree and a master's, um, I, I have a problem with reading. I keep losing my place. I keep transposing lines. Right. Um, I. My eyes get very tired. I get a headache, and Rice. I end up giving up. And I have to keep restarting over and over and over. Yeah. And it's a problem with what stuff on a white page. Right. So I've been given coloured overlays now for Rice. my laptop and for reading, um, which mitigate the glare from the white paper.
0: Oh, so that's a, it's that sensitivity to light. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, and visual processing. Like if I was to look at a lot of patterns, I'd get dizzy from looking at that. Uh. So it's it's challenging. Is that like dyslexia. No, it it if not it, really. My dyslexia um affects my reading comprehension, so the right. two are definitely tied in together, yeah. Uh,
0: and so when you have the sensory overload, how do you come out of that? Like I how do you I have recover? to get
1: away from
0: so whatever's So like would a quiet space yeah. be be a good
1: yeah. yeah, like I could never go into the library and study here because of the noise, the noise yeah. and the movement of people as well. That it's bothers me. It's too distracting. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you need to kind of be in your own space. Yeah, yeah. And then, so would something like would nature? Does nature? Do you? Yeah, go for soothing. walks a lot and.
1: Yeah, I have dogs and I go for walks walk oh, right. along so the d- river.
0: Yeah, very good. So, so do you? Does that help? Yeah, You know, the, the green and the sense. Yeah, I don't like busyness, yeah.
1: which is quite, it's qu- sort Even, of yeah, it's counterintuitive quite, it's very interesting, because I'm yeah. so busy. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't like I? processing other people being extremely busy.
0: That's incre- that's amazing, actually, because that, that makes total sense to me. Because if you're, it's like you're busy, 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 but you need to stand still mm. to get your energy kind of, to get your head in, say, focused or in... So, if you walk along a river with dogs, you can just focus on the dogs, can't yeah, you? Yeah, I on always need
1: external stuff to calm and soothe me because right. I haven't got that ability inside me. Do you know what I mean? So, I need my external environment to be soothing. Right. Because if so, it's too busy, so that makes me So, worse. a
0: sensory trail with quiet spaces and trees and forests, yeah? Yeah. So... Uh, you know, the, have you heard of the forest bathing? Yeah, ter- therapy. That's a the Japanese developed. Yeah, yeah. Have you like? Would you? Would you? Would that help? You know, if you walk through a forest with the quiet and all you can hear are the leaves and the wind and possible birdsong, does that really help you? Yeah, because yeah.
1: all my senses are affected nice. um, to quite an intense level. Mm. So,
0: so that helps you to kind of quiet.
1: Yeah. So literally, when I'm confronted with something that i find unpleasant my body goes into flight or fight mode right. okay. Um. it's very distressful and that level of stress is also very very bad for your health and your, your mental health and your physical yeah. health
0: yeah so you need like to to when you're studying or when you come into like do you do you find it difficult to be in a big giant lecture space theater yeah or the or do noise like at that?
1: the beginning of it yeah i found very disturbing Right. When everyone's before the lecturer comes in and everyone's talking, talk and then yeah,
0: that hurts my ears. Right, <laughs> and then when it's quiet, it's okay.
1: When it's quiet, it's okay.
0: Right, yeah, it's interesting. Like it, it. It's and I always
1: sat at the front, so I wasn't yeah. Looking so you're down not distracted. People moving yeah, and yeah yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So um, and then the with something like say um, would a city. You know, walking through the city yeah, centre. I don't you go don't. into town. Okay. I can avoid it at it's all costs. the noise. And it's the movement of people
1: makes me dizzy. Yeah. Right. Very disorientating. Mm. I actually, my I have two granddaughters and my son took his children to Funky Monkeys and Dundrum the other day. And he was texting <laughs> me, because yeah. I was meeting him up there. He said, ma'am, yeah. don't come in. You're not going to be able for it. And yeah. I I didn't see his text. But I went in. We only stayed for about f- 15 minutes after I came. And it's right. just... Wild. I was saying to my psychologist this morning it's like there's a compass inside me and it's spinning all out of control mm. that's what mm. I feel like inside I can't get my bearings I can't think everything the lights the noise yeah. the movement
0: the movement is er- all yeah. and it is wild isn't it it's, yeah. it's <laughs> and so would you would it, what would it would music have a soothing or a distracting effect when
1: I'm doing an assignment I listen to Vivaldi the Four Seasons I would listen to that over and over and okay. over
0: Right. love that right but would you go to like a festival full of people? No, no, because of the everything, the movement. just the too much. Yeah, too no, too much noise, too many. It's like
1: being shell shocked. That's what it's like.
0: Mm. And would you go to a concert, like in the three arena or somewhere like that? Would that be? I haven't done since
1: I stopped using drugs and alcohol. I haven't exposed myself to anything like that. Like I okay. mean, you now I can look back and see, you know, that they're part of the reason that I used that stuff was to allow me to be able to
0: function. Okay. Quote unquote normally in society. Right. So you so you would choose quiet Quiet, yeah. Nature. Yeah. The, and dogs, what dogs are amazing, aren't they? Yeah. For the yeah. for the everything to do with them. Yeah. For the the sense of um I think quiet as well.
1: Yeah, they're just there you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love stroking my dogs. Yeah.
0: And how many dogs have you got? Two dogs. And what kind of dogs are they?
1: Joey is a Jack Russell mix. Mm. And then Bonnie is a Jackoowa. And then I have a cat. And then we a Jackoowa. I love that.
0: Is, that. is that a cross Jack Russell Chihuahua? Yeah. Cool.
1: And then we have a cat called Ali. And then we have acquired another cat that's right. sort of been
0: abandoned. So. Right. And do your dogs have any problems with your cats? No. Very good. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I have a, ja- a guide dog who has... His whole thing in life is about trying to catch cats.
1: But if he lived with a cat, he'd be different. Yeah, My, do- I know, my dogs I know. would chase other cats outside, but yeah. they wouldn't chase our yeah. one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my second guy dog was the exact same. he He had no... He, he'd he sit beside a cat. He wouldn't even know it was a cat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you bring your two dogs on. Would you go walking every day for... Most days peace, that I can, yeah. Peace of mind. Yeah, yeah like
1: even today I got home. My little granddaughter's there. She's autistic. She's, she's quite severe. Right. And... Like She's stimming the whole time, she's running up and down, she's just this chatter coming over the whole time and I just like, uh, we've had her since Friday and I just like, I kind of lost she's my patience a little bit and I said, can you take her inside because it's just too much for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, And th- then yeah, I feel like a terrible person because she's my and her, daughter. And how old is she? She's five. Right. So she's pre-verbal, so. What's happening now? So she's not communicating the way a five-year-old communicates. Okay, she, to
0: would she have some words?
1: She has. She probably has about two hundred words now, okay, but okay. not sentences. Okay. And her re- her receptive language is affected as well, and in, in the how much she understands.
0: Right. Okay. But will that change? I'm just. I'm just she interested in this because we, we talked about this with the other person today about stimming. Is it? Is that the? Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah. And can you explain to people what that is?
1: So stimming is short for self-stimulatory behaviour. So. Right. You know, it's it's synonymous sort of with autistic people, but actually, it, a lot of typical people, do, people it. do it too. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean?
0: Is it kind of, it, I, would it be like, say, uh, twirling your hair would be too relaxing? Twirling to relax your you. hair, I, Yeah, I, I, I did that. I always do that. Did that all my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tapping your foot. It's kind of something to relax you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I found that, that I've discovered as well actually, movement is regulating for me. Yeah. So that helps keep me calm.
0: So. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I understand. So like um so your how's what's your five-year-old's? Isabel. It's a lovely name. And how many have you got lots of grandchildren or?
1: And uh, one more, she's 11 months, Kaylen.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, Kaylen. Yeah. That's a lovely name, so well. you. And so that that is that amazing to be a grandmother. Yeah.
1: Well, a bit of a shock now I was <laughs> I was 43 when Isabel well, came along. You
0: could have gone to Butlins. <laughs> <laughs> a glamorous grandmother. Yeah.
1: And uh yeah, but I mean they're absolutely adorable. But That's like amazing. my son isn't with the mother of Isabel, so okay. we have her every weekend and then I'm working all week and I kind of so, so it can hard. be a lot because it's she's full on. she's sensory seeking and I'm sensory avoidant. So that <laughs> our our two Rips. our autism kind of wow. clashes.
0: That's, oh my god. I tell you you're you're such a I have to say you're so knowledgeable about it, it's it's amazing. Well you sort I've of i learned get so much. I know, but it's it's just fascinating that I wouldn't have thought of that at all now that you know but I understand completely now what you're saying that your grandchild is full on is probably you know trying to find out everything in her world yeah Mm -hmm. and you're trying to have quiet time because you have five days of probably noise and UCD do you?
1: Well, yeah, I'm Ish. working at the minute and sort of, because I've actually f- technically finished my master's, just got extra time to do mm. my project, so mm. I'm not actually on campus, but... And what are you working at? I'm cleaning houses and right. I clean the school.
0: Wow. So you're, yeah, and that's... Pr- and yeah. Okay, and I'm so getting so older now, so, you know, that's <laughs> physical. I,
1: although I enjoy the physicality of the work, do you know yeah, what I mean? It's starting yeah. to take its toll, and then I cycle everywhere as well, wow. so...
0: So you've loads of energy. Yeah. Still. Would you be very fit...
1: I would say I'm quite fit.
0: Right, yeah. So, yeah, it's amazing. Um, so some
1: days I do up to 40-something thousand steps wow. between cycling and walking, you know what I mean, my work. So
0: That's, that's my God, that's, that's serious exercise, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. So...
1: And then I've hypermobility as well. I've just discovered that. The and last what's what's right. up? And hypotonia. So hypotonia <laughs> is weak muscle tone. Right. And hyper, so my my joints and my muscles don't support my body, right? And yeah. then hypermobility is basically double jointedness. Wow. But I overextend my joints all the time into myself yeah. because I'm not because they have a greater yep. range of motion. And
0: and that's kind of part of it, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's d- it's
1: common with dyspraxia yeah. and a- ADHD. Yeah. And autism.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Hypertonia, especially, isn't yeah.
1: it? Yeah, yeah. So I I tend the physio a lot.
0: <laughs> well, well, I have to say, I you know I I've I've just met you today, but I I admire your stamina. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'll probably Taking keel over one of these do. days. Huh? I'll probably keel over one of these days. No, but it's a, it's a, it's brilliant. So okay, so getting back to your masters, you're hopefully finished in May, yeah. Yeah. all going to plan. I will be finished. Okay, yeah. yeah. And what would your plans be then? What would you like to so do?
1: So I actually applied last year to do a postgraduate diploma in neurodiversity in UCD, wow. and it was supposed to start in January. And probably quite fortuitously, because I'm not finished my masters yet, yeah. it got that's deferred till September. Wow. So you know, ideally,
0: that's a great plan. That's a really good cool plan. I'd love. I my dream yeah.
1: would be to work in UCD in yeah. the access disability. Center. Yeah. Somewhere where you're sort of making a difference in people's lives, but there yeah. I have, you know, I have the understanding through my life experience, yeah, and my yeah. conditions of yeah. what they're going through. I've also been through the education system, yeah. and I'm quite knowledgeable on yeah, what's there. Exactly,
0: and you've gone back as a mature student, which is always, yeah, yeah. So you've learned to like how to negotiate the environment, doesn't yeah. it? Navigate, sorry. Yeah, and ex- tell me what the posts graduate diploma is in neurodiversity is, it's what does that involve? It's, m-
1: it's to educate, it's more directed at I think medical professionals so okay. they have an understanding and a background in understanding neurodiversity because there is a serious lack of understanding understanding yeah. out there <laughs> and the yeah. for the needs of neurodiverse people so I'm just, I would love to do it because I'm really interested in it and I obviously think that for f- future work that I want to do it would be really helpful
0: mm. And what would that is that a year long course? No, or? it's two semesters. It's only okay. part time. Very good. And would that involve uh, knowing science, medical, or
1: no? Because it's it'll be a lot. It's, I think the, one of the modules is um, the history of autism. Oh,
0: that's very good. Yeah, um, very interesting. Yeah. And say, this podcast is also to celebrate our neurodiversity awareness week. And what could, you know, wha- how, do you, how do you think, having talked about all your huge amount of life experience and knowledge in this area, right, how do you think you can make people have a more, a greater understanding and have more empathy? I just
1: think it's putting the information out there right. in an accessible way where people don't have to go out of their way, you know what I mean, to go research it and find out about it and sort of normalising it by actually celebrating this. Do you know right. what I mean? You're sort of
0: normalising the celebration of it in a way. By saying the positives. Yeah, and yeah. highlighting it. Yeah. So the positive parts about having lots, because you've loads of different, I would say, attributes that you know people need to know about and I don't know when i w- seeing beyond isn't it
1: yeah when I used to be in the company of people and I'd be quite hyperactive and then I you know what I mean because mm. I get social anxiety which is probably the autistic side of it and then I would get really hyperactive and then I could see visibly on their faces they're <laughs> yeah, sort of recoiling from me yeah yeah and then yeah. I would say sorry I've 88. like I've tried to explain myself yeah but maybe now if you, that information is out there and people are becoming more educated on neurodiversity. They, they recognise that she's probably got ADHD. So yeah.
0: But we know. need to get that out. So how do you get it out there? Because I, I do think people understand an awful lot more and I think we've come on hugely. I really do think that you know life has changed for the better for a lot of different people. Say in equality, diversity, inclusion, different disabilities. But how would you get that out there to try and get people to see beyond
1: well, it's the likes of like you know, I've seen documentaries, television programmes, so giving it to people in an accessible way.
0: Yeah. Um Like say, you know, documentaries social media and obviously
1: focusing on that as well you know there are drawbacks and difficulties yeah. with these conditions but also focusing on the, focusing on the positive things yeah. like you, you know you, you see a lot of negative stuff related to it yeah even on yeah. groups i'm in yeah and these are autistic people like yeah, yeah. And so what, a-
0: what about um addressing the whole area of employment do you think people have like they have so many skills you know People need to be employed as well as studying. So how would you go about trying to encourage employers to take people into jobs that they'd be really suited to,
1: um,
0: who are ne- neurodivergent?
1: I think, you know what I mean, you have to look at our, our skill set. Yeah. So, you know, I think I've demonstrated resilience, yeah. determination. and mm. um, Stamina. Yeah so and energy it, yeah and i'm got like <laughs> you know you can you can d- decide to disclose at a job interview or not disclose and i'd right. rather be upfront and honest but i'd say yes here and you might look at those um in black and white and say god yes. she's got all these things yeah you know that's too much of a risk but actually look look what i've done despite that
0: mm. do you know what i mean mm. so so do you think you like say somebody like you could be like you could be a public speaker you try and trying to to be as confident as you are now, having gone through all these things.
1: I don't know. Am I confident? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you come across. No, I mean, and I'm. I think it's it's, yeah, because you you've you've art- you can articulate your experiences now. I think in a very good way, in a way that will really help other people see that yes, there is life out there, and there's uh, lots of opportunities, and you know, you know, I t- I do honestly think that yeah, because you've obviously be, you know having gone back to study and also to understand you like you you, ha- you you understand it and you accept it and now you know now you had a long time being oh no, you know not knowing because of unfortunate you know that was yeah. I do honestly think it's the times as well because like I know myself people in my class when I look back in the early 80s who never would have been diagnosed but would definitely have had been have, have been neurodivergent or have dyslexia and you know nobody had any understanding but now people do have much more awareness now i'm not saying it's a perfect word but i I think it's improved so like how would you kind of would you is it by do you think by doing
1: there's sort of a double edged sword there because i feel like me not knowing and not being diagnosed when I was younger probably (sighs) helped yeah because I had to learn how to adapt and and I'd find my own way of doing things it might look different to how other people did it but I still got it done yeah and now I see unfortunately an awful lot of people getting diagnosed as children and Mm. unfortunately their parents using it for an excuse yeah when okay you have this but you still have to do yeah and you know it is possible so it just I suppose it depends on how peop- the family culture and how people are brought up. Yeah. But it can either be a drawback or it can be this is what it, it is and, I, and I'm gonna you. make I'm gonna yeah. take the best bits of it and yeah. use that to propel myself.
0: Uh, it can be the making of you. Yeah. Yeah. Very you know? good. And so I think
1: anyone you know, you know in society like anyone that's sort of different yeah. is sort of like you said on the margins. But yeah. well, you know, hmm. I'm I'm just trying to try to interject myself in because yeah. I deserve yeah. you deserve I deserve we all deserve mm. to, to be yeah yeah
0: to be able to live our lives
1: yeah and do the best that we can
0: yeah yeah and to have uh empathy and I think if we show kindness and people show kindness towards each other mm-hmm. I think that goes a long way too helping and understanding
1: I think we all do make snap judgments that's the sort of evolutionary future unconscious bias but the thing about it is is to always question yourself why do I think that you know what I mean not to let that stand as your view or your perspective on someone but to stop and think
0: so Katrina on that note your um, energy and enthusiasm and belief self belief it's it's very palpable and it was great to meet you and thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Blind Spot. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. Until next time on The Blind Spot.